0: Happy New Year! Welcome back. This is Sports Any Way You Want It. I'm Alex Frank alongside Zach Freeze. Zach, we have made it to not only 2021, but we're 14 days in.
1: We have. We're,
0: fi- we're two weeks into 2021.
1: Yeah, I feel like I haven't seen you in so long. It's been. Well, it was the conference title game when they played Tulsa. Lots
0: happened since then and, too.
1: And there's been a lot that's happened uh, since that time. A lot of sports. And you Bengals know what, beat the Steelers. The Bengals beat the Steelers. But you know what else happened, Alex? It was Tuesday night. One of the more offensive tweets I think I've ever seen regarding the NCAA tournament this year. And you know who tweeted that? I think I did. The guy I'm sitting next to.
0: You wanna, you what wanna, the hell was You, you <laughs> want to call that offensive? The NCAA tournament, <laughs> what they're going to do. So it, for those listening and, and you don't know what the NCAA tournament is going to be like this year, it's stupid as hell. Which I, just, Why? which I just said hell is stupid, What can they do, though, Alex? What can they do? It is actually. You're going to. Okay, so so if the, if the objective here is to quote unquote mitigate the spread, they're not really doing that with 68 teams in one city.
1: Okay. What the hell, Zach? Okay, but. Are the
0: conference tournaments doing this?
1: The spin zone to this is Alex is that well they have to first of all they have to have an NCAA tournament because they didn't have last year they got to get that billion dollar check also like the, but it, it I'm ma- still
0: mad that last year's tournament didn't happen
1: it makes sense to have it in one spot so that mo- teams don't um, you know you're not traveling all around yes but having
0: so. 68 teams and then the worst part is when they say Oh, well, if one team can't play because of COVID, we're going to randomly replace them with another team. So what is this tournament? A participation tournament? Is that happening? I don't
1: think that's actually it. It it?
0: better not happen.
1: That's not happening.
0: It better not happen.
1: Well, Alex, I just think how... No,
0: it makes no sense. Starting to keep cutting off, it makes no sense. You're telling me, (laughs) you're telling me that having 68 teams in one city is better than having eight cities host the first and second rounds, And at most, you have eight teams in that city. Aren't those bubbles already as it is?
1: It's better than nothing, though, right? And are the, are,
0: are the conference tournaments doing this? No.
1: There better be conference. I hope there's conference tournaments. I don't know I'm how they I'm thinking they're
0: going there to... won't
1: be. Well, that's not fair. How is that fair? Exactly. How's that fair to Belmont? Are they not going to be able to get in now? No, they they got, just got to go on their outlawed They in out in
0: 2019, so you...
1: All right. How's this fair to uh, 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 Ab- Abilene Christian? How's that fair to them? It's not... If there's no conference tournament, then I guess they they take the regular season champ bid, and that's the auto bid. I don't like that. That's not that's not. Okay, a conference tournament. no, the
0: conference tournaments have to happen. I
1: well, think they do. Okay, should.
0: but we're sending, but we're sending um, twelve teams in some leagues, fourteen in other leagues. Heck, the ACC is going to have fifteen in one city. But we and that. If you're saying 68 teams in one city is fine, but you're going to be concerned about 15 in one city, yeah, okay, okay. please. Please, people, just the, the NCAA tournament, they're doing it all wrong. What about, but what I think what
1: we're, the thing I was mentioning, why the last year's results, why would that have any bearing over who makes the tournament? Because this,
0: this season is so wacky. Some teams have only played, what, five games versus other teams who have played, excuse me, 15
1: so you're just kidding. And last
0: year and last year, yeah, some teams might have played I don't know 30 compared to 29, but that's not that much of a difference because you've played so many games already as it is.
1: So let me ask you this, how does that work with with Dayton? They lost Ain't no stop in OB top and OB Toppin, and now they've got a ton of injuries, they're not very good this year. How, are they a one seed? How does that work? Based on last it? year, yes. So they'd lose. Will you, bring, the... you,
0: will you bring back the players from last year's team and actually give them the opportunity to play <laughs> wait, in the NCAA wait, tournament? Hold on. Obi's coming back and playing in the tournament? If you're Obi Toppin, if, if some and if you were offered that, you would not come back?
1: Mm. No, I don't think I would. I would. If I could play for the Knicks instead and make money. It
0: just, it just makes no sense to me.
1: Alex. It just, um,
0: it just makes no sense. I only said that because determining the field of 68 teams this year is going to be...
1: It's going to be hard. I agree with you. Abnormally
0: difficult, so, so so why not do it that way?
1: But, I, but Because I think it's just like, well, then what was the point of playing this season, then?
0: There is no point in playing the season.
1: So I with, don't think, but they should they should try, right? I mean, if they should tell, do if their best they can to get as many games as they can. It's I not a perfect formula, but they've yes, got it. They've got to have okay, a tournament. Okay,
0: fine. I guess I guess you are right, but I I, I still determining the field of sixty eight teams. It's gonna be it's gonna be egregious.
1: It's gonna be tough. Did
0: you just record that?
1: Yeah, recorded that segment.
0: Well, who are you gonna send that to?
1: I'm, I'm gonna. I'm just recording. I wanted to get oh, your thoughts on the NCAA God, tournament.
0: Okay. It's a load of crap. There's another word I want to say, which I I, I don't know if I'm allowed to actually say it because
1: Bearcast crap. Media.
0: Fun fact: they do allow you to say um, words that are synonymous or identical to the Dirty Seven.
1: Wait, what?
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Bearcast uh, Media
0: allows you to do that. Because I wouldn't test that theory. because we're not under FCC supervision. I have not tested it. Because I'm like, well, I'm not going to say those words.
1: Te- so you're saying technically you could say one of the the you know, dirty words.
0: Yes, I can.
1: Uh, I don't. I wouldn't.
0: I, I, I have not. Now, do I say hell, damn, and ass? Hell yeah, I do. Yeah, I, 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 Hell, damn, and ass you can get. And I, I still get, get chastised with... sometimes by, by my own family when I say that. Like, why you, really, t- you really shouldn't say those words. Do you hear, hell, do you, damn, and ass? Do you hear other people say those words? What? Yes. Are you but, kidding me? Everyone says those. Hell damn and ass are so Come on.
1: harmless. Come on, people. You can say
0: you can say you can actually say the word bitch and not get
1: Alex. You can. Take it back. No, I'm kidding. I'm...
0: What is what is that word backwards? it be a hick tip.
1: Yeah, I mean look, I we don't have to test any theories here, <laughs> but uh, that's a good...
0: Well, this is a sports show.
1: So, so what's the... What, are we getting to sports? or I hijacked the first five minutes.
0: We're going to give, give you your sports any way you wanted. Two segments coming your way today. Um, Zach, you mentioned the last time that we... That I saw you was the night of the AAC championship game. That was a nerve-wracking night. Um, it's scary. Well, when is the Cincinnati sporting event not scary?
1: That's a good point. Uh, um, you but that night was especially scary because I thought they should have won by, like, three touchdowns, and they kept letting them hang around and hang around, and they missed kick. You know, we had a missed kick, and we were squandering opportunities, and Tulsa was just hanging around, and they've had those, these miracle wins all year long, and it just felt like...
0: Oh, well, there, there wasn't any voodoo in Cincinnati yeah, exactly. that night. So since the Bearcats won the AAC championship. Uh, dramatic ending. Desmond Ritter... Um, Excuse you. Excuse me. Um, Alec Pierce had a nice game that night.
1: Alec Pierce had a great... Alec Pierce is great. Like, he is a... Um, he was, like, the number... He was his number one guy to me, it felt like. Like, he like he couldn't stay healthy uh, for much of the year, but he made some incredible catches. And, um, yeah, I, I, think, I think that was uh, a, a big difference in the game, having Alec Pierce on the outside. Because we know he's been nicked up, and, and he's had... His own fair share of injuries but um yeah that, that was a that was a big that was a big part of it but ritter Ritter himself was just fantastic, especially the last half of the season he he was on a different level and yeah. uh, thankfully he's coming back next year and it was a it was a great run this year and um but no I, it was still a it was a great night it was a success uh, a smashing success even after the the disgusting Peach Bowl ending that I had to watch and sit through.
0: Oh, that was... Yeah, but the more... And yeah, it was, because...
1: I'm disgusted.
0: Disgusted at whom? I think I know what you're... Well, I'm just disgusted
1: answer. by the how they botched it. The the poor clock management. It was disgusting. You can,
0: you, you can blame clock management, but at the same time, did the defense that had been so good all season hold up on their last possession?
1: No, but I think the odds are good that if they have 50 seconds instead of a minute and 50 seconds, that they don't score there.
0: I understand that, and I do think that the clock management was egregious. It was definitely not fun to watch because you, you knew what the Bearcats needed to do, and they didn't. I, I will say this, and I brought this up last night with Sean. I said, on inside the 275 loop, I said, you know, you look at the Memphis game and the ECU game, and the Bearcats were up 42 or how, by however many points late in the game, and they were still going, you know, 100 miles an hour. I mean, the Jerome Ford touchdown and then the Cameron Young touchdown, Jerome Ford against Memphis, Cameron Young against ECU. I mean, the Bearcats weren't just taking knees. They were playing you know, they were continuing their aggressive style of play. And I think that's what they were trying to do in this game. But, but there comes a time, Zach, where you have to establish a fine line between being aggressive and smart. And Fickle and Dembrock did not do that.
1: Um, yeah, it was that. And it was the, well, the play call. It was just the play call that haunts me because the chances are, I mean, you need two yards, right? Third and two. What, what's the worst thing that can happen, Alex? You don't get it, and, but you trim off another 40, 50 seconds? Yeah. I mean, that's the worst thing that can happen. The best case scenario is you get the
0: first down and the game's over. And you need two yards. Why are we throwing it? Well, because, Why? because, because Luke, Fickle has, Luke Fickle admitted that they couldn't run the ball against that Georgia defensive You Just you need two yards. 99 yards. I understand, I understand that. But yeah, I mean, it, and let's say you get stuff for minus two yards. The clock still runs.
1: Clock still runs. It's, it's like it's it's mystifyingly dumb.
0: And that it's, they it, threw is, that. it is. It is. Yeah, it is. And I understand how that can be perceived, but at the same time, I understand it because you were an you're an aggressive team, and you're going to um, you're going to win the game with an aggressive play call. If that play works, what are you saying today?
1: I'm saying great, but I'm also saying you know the phrase is work work smarter not harder why are we doing so like i understand that like okay if you throw it and you get it great okay but it's a risk like you said a pass play you always bring up that quote about a pass is risky you know it can be tipped it can be intercepted it can be this it can be that when you run the ball when you it can be incomplete like it was when you run the ball, and as long as you don't fumble it, the clock's going to run. The other team doesn't have a timeout. That's like that's my biggest point. That's my biggest issue with yeah, it. Is, I... don't be okay. You can be aggressive, and there's times to be aggressive, but there's also times to just be lot, just reasonably, just be reasonable, be smart. Like they don't have any timeouts. They can't stop the clock. We don't get it. Oh well, they they've got to go a long way. And the kicker, credit him. He he made a long, you know, a big kick uh, but they would have had longer to go with no, or they would have had the same distance with about a minute or so less. And they also, I mean, they snapped the ball at 10 seconds on the, on the play clock. Like, what are we doing? Like, don't snap the ball with 10 seconds on the play clock. Like let it run a little more. You're, I mean, that killed us like that, that hurt. Um, I mean, the good news is they, they competed, they were there. Um, they they showed that they belonged to with Georgia without a doubt it's just the way that ended is sickening it's just sickening because they should have it was their own undoing if you ask me it was it was their, it was own, their undo- own
0: undoing but the second half they the first half was very evenly matched but in the second half let's be honest Georgia dominated the second half why do you say that? Did, did you see how bad? Did you see how inept and dormant the UC offense was? Yeah, but it, at the same time, what well, the Georgia offense—five punts, Zach, five punts. Meanwhile, Georgia—the <laughs> only reasons why they didn't score on two of their possessions was because of a fumble and a turnover on downs, and those were both in UC territory. I'm just saying to you, Georgia dominated the second half.
1: They, to me. I mean, yeah, they—they they definitely. That was, yeah, that was, I mean, that was key, but it wasn't like George's offense wasn't just, like, dominate. It wasn't like they were just moving the ball at will, was it? I mean.
0: I, it felt like, to me, they were.
1: They, I, they, but you see, at the same time, it's like.
0: 400 plus total yards.
1: You say you can't, here's the, my issue. You say, oh, but they can't, UC can't run the ball at all. They can't run it. They can't get any yards running the ball. They were at an 80-yard touchdown. I guess it was a, a great, you could say it's a fluke play, but one you're telling play. me you can gain 80 yards on one play and you can't gain two on sometimes, third and two?
0: Sometimes that's how, the, in Fine. The, in the wise words of Mick Cronin, but sometimes that's how the it, cookie crumbles.
1: If that's how they would have lost, fine. If they would have lost because they ran the ball on third and two to, to, to chew off more clock and Georgia would have had 45 more seconds left, and to go most of the field to kick a 52-yarder and it would have been the same outcome i would be less i would be upset but i would be less upset because uh, you would it would be a tip your cap because they went down with 45 seconds and no timeouts and they would have you know they, they would have earned it i mean they would have definitely earned it but this time they had way more time. i mean they had plenty of time you almost knew it was coming um it was uh it was i just i don't know i think was poor. I still think the defense wasn't like the UC's defense. I thought played great. I thought they did all they could. I mean, they didn't. They gave up a field goal at the end of the game, but I mean, what? It was. It was a tough situation. It was a tough spot they were put in because they had plenty of time. Um, Georgia's good. I mean, JT Daniels is pretty good, and that was a the situation they were left with. Georgia had plenty of time to to you know go down there, and you got to credit. Credit the kicker. He made a was it fifty two yards, fifty three yards, fifty three yards. And God, I can't. I rag on college kickers all the time. And of course, the one time I need him to miss a kick, he drills it from fifty plus. It's like, good God. But no credit to was it Podlesny?
0: Is that his name? Jake Podlesny.
1: Credit tip.
0: Georgia's got Georgia's tip Georgia, my cap. The last two kickers for Georgia have been
1: Rodrigo. Oh you've oh no you've sunk my blanket ship. That was their that was their first <laughs> one. I can't believe he sunk my blanking ship. And then well, this you know. kid, Podlesny or Podlesny or whatever his name is, yeah. drills a 52-yarder. That was a look. It it was a crusher. I, I mean, I'd rather. I'm, I'm not going to say I'd rather them have gotten blown out because that's not true. I, I knowing that they competed and they were they were in the game and they were they showed that they weren't going to get bullied. I mean, Georgia. The thing with Georgia is they. I mean, their their defensive front's good against anybody. Just about the only team that probably can exploit their defensive line is probably alabama and maybe florida like florida i guess but that you know that's that can that can happen but they've got they've got a top three recruiting class every single year so yeah they're gonna probably when you're going up against cincinnati you're gonna have a tough time if you're cincinnati you're gonna have a tough time matching them up front so i get that that's fair but
0: anywhere without um,
1: you're without – people. For, yes, you, you bring up a good point. You're without sauce. You're without Wiggins. I
0: wasn't going there. I was going Jake Renfro up front and then James Hudson in yes. the whole second half, which, exactly. is, by the way, Lorenz that was Mets a game-changer. God-awful.
1: Yeah, I don't – look, sure. I'm not trying to be harsh, but Lorenz mats was rough. It was hard to watch. He can't even move. You can't even get lined up right. How could – like, you can't – you can't, like, this – you can't even get the timing right of when you're supposed to, like –
0: when you're, when you're, when, when yeah, the false starts. How yeah, many false starts just are we getting? Know, just you? knowing the terminology and the the snap count. I'd rather
1: somebody that could have at least like lined up and like not gotten a false start. Like, did we have one of those guys? Like, exactly. no, fa- no. With all due respect, but it's just like that was a killer. But and pa- part of that's on James Hudson because he. I mean, that was moronic what he did. He deserved. to oh, be
0: Ejected. Oh, it was so. And then you think about, yeah, you bring up Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant. Uh, I'm sorry, not Kobe Bryant. Uh, James Wiggins was out. Yeah. Um, Brian Cook did an adequate job. He did a good job.
1: job. I thought Uh, thought Brian Cook was good.
0: Jared Doakes was out. I think that was a killer.
1: Yeah, but Ford is kind of like our guy. Like, the Stanger is your guy. I think he might be better than
0: And don't think that Cincinnati is not going to be potentially in this position again next year.
1: They're preseason top
0: ten just about everywhere. They have to be. And I think so long as they go at least... 11-1 11-1 and one in the regular season, which is going to be difficult. That's, a, that's
1: an uphill battle.
0: I had someone tell me that they were going to go 1-3 in non-league play. I, I'm like, are you kidding one
1: me? 1-3? Who I'm is, like, oh, is my, this my, person? It, it, I it, need their name. It's a
0: Miami dad.
1: Oh, okay. So he's kidding.
0: I, I don't think he was. The, uh, they could oh, go Maybe really he was. They're going to be he's Miami. He's just saying that because,
1: yeah, he thinks they're going to Miami. Indiana,
0: Indiana and Notre Dame are going to be two different games. Indiana different
1: and Notre Dame are going to be a bear. That's going to be a – both games.
0: Indiana, I think, is going to be really good yeah. again. Yeah, and the, and the conference, like, listen, UCF, I think playing them at home, I think UC will win that game. And then I
1: think, but they're not a pushover, right?
0: No, UCF's not a pushover by any stretch do we, of the Do we have Memphis? No, we don't have Memphis. Okay. We don't a, have Houston either. Do we have SMU? We have SMU at home. We have Tulsa at home. I think we
1: should win those games. Tulsa's losing their key guys. I would say mostly, Uh, they're important guys. I don't know about what about uh. I don't know about uh, totally about um. What is it, uh, SMU? But I would like to think. I don't know. We have an advantage of some sort there. They they're losing Bouchelle, which hurts obviously. But uh, no, I I think the schedule is. I look, you're setting. It's it's. It's going to be intriguing because, I mean, if you win, if you could you imagine the buzz around here if they beat Indiana and Notre Dame? Oh, my Just like gosh. The, if they start 4-0, like the like they would have to be like a top 3 or 4 team, right? I think
0: you'd have to be. And, you'd and, have to and, be right there. And you can't use the excuse of them playing in the American Athletic Conference. You can't do it. Right. Dude, do, 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 does the AP use the excuse of the Gonzaga plays in That's the exactly West Coast Conference? exactly what I was going to say.
1: Exactly what I was going to say. Hope oh, Elliott's listening to that. Because it's like, at what point is it like, is it, is it so? Is is it the league is that bad, or is it that Gonzaga, or in this case UC, is just that good? Like, which one is? It? And I, I think it's football. It's harder because I think football. It's a clear UC it, from a talent perspective is a is a tier below the other the, the power guys. But even Gonzaga like basketball is different. It's a it's a tough example to compare apples to apples, but um but, but no i think but, you, you but bring is, up a good point though you can't make the excuse like oh well they only beat so-and-so so that you know they only beat two Tulane and tulsa and smoo and uh usf this is like no they went on the road and they beat notre dame they went on the road and they beat an indiana team that i think will be preseason ranked and you know the
0: how hard it is to go in into notre dame and win
1: no one. Very who, team, Georgia did it a couple Georgia, of years Georgia, ago.
0: Yeah, that was a very good Georgia team. It was
1: a very good Georgia. Was that the team? That was the team that was in the championship game. That, right?
0: Yeah, that blew their coverage on second and twenty-six.
1: So that when, we got to figure that out, when's the last? I'm, I'm trying to think how many teams have uh, non-conference. 20, have,
0: Notre Dame lost to Louisville in 2014 at home. I will say that.
1: Okay. Oh, they, but they
0: lost to Oklahoma in 2013.
1: Well, they're independent. I don't know why I'm saying. that.
0: 2011, the and then and then the end of the Charlie Weiss era, they lost a lot. Oh yeah, of home they're games. they're
1: they're terrible. Um, they were terrible then, but
0: yeah, I mean even, under even, BK,
1: they don't lose a lot at home, right? I mean they they uh, had a couple of years. They might have lost to like Duke one year or something. I don't know.
0: I think they lost to Duke or something. Yeah, but that was when they were horrible.
1: Well, that was when they were. Horrible. That
0: was when who was their defensive coordinator then? Was it Charlie Van Gordon? Something like that.
1: Yeah. I mean he was. Probably, more, I
0: mean he was horrible.
1: Yeah, you you were proud. You probably are more. Um, in tune with that, but with the with, I used the, to be a little with the football and it's it's we can kind of transition into that. I know you said you didn't want to spend a lot of time, but I think it's on on the football on the UC football aspect. But I think since we haven't talked about it as much, the returnees we got back, the some surprises I think, and then Kobe
0: was a big surprise. Kobe Sanders was a surprise. Was a nice. I, I I didn't really know what to think of Ritter. I'm happy he's back, yeah. of course, because I think I think. With the talent that's back now, losing Marcus Freeman is
1: well. It's a hurt. It hurts.
0: It it does. It stings. But you didn't. But you didn't not expect to lose. Right.
1: It's something like it. Eventually, you know. It felt like we were almost. We almost had him on borrowed time because it felt like he could have jumped after last year. Um, but you know, we figured it was going to happen at some point. Um, it sucks that it's Notre Dame. Because we know, you know, they've taken our yeah. captain before, and we play him this year. So yeah. that's that's a that's a disappointment. But um, no, congrat like congrats to him. He deserves it. He earns it, he earned it. And um, you know, it'll be an interesting matchup. I believe October October second. But it worries me now that they have him. It's a true
0: nationally televised game.
1: It'll be on NBC. Yeah. So can
0: you imagine us going there? We we'll get to hang out with Mike Tirico and. <laughs> All those guys that do Notre Dame football, I mean, that's going to be a hell of a game, potentially. Maybe the Bengals will play, like, Detroit or Chicago that weekend, too, and we can just go to one of those two cities the next day.
1: be interesting. That'd be something. I'm curious to see what that'll look like. I think Notre Dame is losing a bunch, but they're still...
0: They can recruit.
1: Yeah, I mean... Not at
0: the level that Alabama and...
1: Yeah, they'll, they'll still obviously – I mean, they're still Notre Dame. It's not like they're going to be bad, I don't think. So, um, it'll be it'll be interesting because UC has got an experience. I mean, I think defensively, I think they're still – even without Marcus Freeman, I, I look, I mean, they're pretty damn good. You got a Sanders lot back. Sanders,
0: Van. Marcus um, Brown. Marcus Kurt, Brown comes back. Curtis Brooks is coming Curtis back. Curtis Brooks. The transfer, uh, Javon Juwan, Juwan Briggs. Javon Briggs, Juwan Briggs top, from Virginia. Top
1: 100 guy. In the yeah. Recruiting class.
0: And then Darian Beavers is back.
1: Joel DeBlanco.
0: Joel DeBlanco. The entire secondary, Brian Gardner. Arquan Bush. Arquan Javon, Brian Cook. I mean, it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be really good. Really whoever good. Whoever comes in and replaces Marcus Freeman as a defensive coordinator. In the wise words of Mo Egger, Jim Kelch, and whoever else says this, don't F it up. <laughs> Now, we can talk a little bit about about basketball, Bearcats basketball. I'll just say this. Oh, Alex, here we go. I'll just say this. It (laughs) it has been disappointing, but just understand that I think this is the transition year. Mm -hmm. I think last year, the reason why the Bearcats still managed to win a share of the regular season title and 20 games is Trey Scott and Jaron Cumberland. Sure. But this year, it's like you don't have established great players on your team, and you're trying to fully implement a new system with your players. Right. And I, I, there are some serious growing pains, but it's not like they're getting blown out. They're just losing. They're not
1: far from being, like, I don't think it's like, it's like they're not, they're not good. They're not a good team right now, but it's not like they're so far away from, like, winning these games. They, they really had chances to win most of the games they lost, except for Georgia and I think Wichita is kind of like, man, they, I mean, it was somewhat close for a while, but. Wichita pulled away, but, like, they, the Tulsa game, they had chances. I mean, they really, yeah. they had chances. USF, they had chances. They went on, you know. But it's the, Tennessee,
0: they had chances.
1: Like, I mean, that's a miracle because they're a top-ten team.
0: Xavier, they had chances. Xavier,
1: they had chances. Like, they led in the second half or were tied in the second half in a lot of, you know, down, down the last couple minutes, and it's just like they haven't figured out, um, you know, I don't. I don't think they have. I think you know they don't have a. I don't know what their identity is. I know they want. I know that John Brandon wants to um, run a little more up tempo. Maybe um, I don't know if he wants to go. I don't know if John Brandon's ideal style is to go as small as he might have to go because Chris Vote just isn't working. Um, but he wants to play more up tempo, right? But the the issue with that is you want to play more up tempo, and that's fine. But if you're not getting stops, you can't play up. Te- like, if 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 they're if if you're letting guys, I mean, if you're giving up layups every time or you know layup lines or not playing good defense, it's hard to go up tempo. It's just very disjointed. It's very like so, you know, they've had stretches where okay, this is where you know against SMU in the second half it was great. I think. Um, they were they were good for the, in the second half against SMU. It was they did some good things. I think you know they ran up tempo and Keith did a couple nice things. He showed up at the end, but
0: Micah hit some threes, which Micah is Micah hit some won. threes.
1: And it, but it's also they don't really have an alpha on this team. It doesn't feel like they have a guy that no. wants to cut your heart out. Keith just feels like a Robin to me
0: because there were games last year that they won because like they don't win the Memphis home game if it wasn't for Trey Scott.
1: Right, they Let's don't win honest. Wichita without. At Wichita, without Jaron Cumberland. Yeah,
0: they don't win the ECU game without I don't know what um, Keith Williams, I guess. They don't win the USF, the USF game, game if it wasn't Keith. for Keith and Trey. They don't win the Temple game if it's not for Trey and Jaron. They don't win the Houston game if it's not for Keith, Trey, and uh, Keith and Trey.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's just like they don't have as many options. You know, they don't have right. They don't have alphas, or they don't have enough. Alphas right now. They also don't have a. They don't have. They can't shoot. I mean, they can't consistently. They don't have good enough shoot. They're not good at. They're not good enough at putting the ball in the basket. No. And that's. I mean, that's. I mean, obviously that's basketball. But like, the Julius has struggled immensely from three.
0: But he's a very good. He's distributor. a good.
1: He's a good distributor. He had he's rebounded. Assi- I think.
0: 12 assists at SMU?
1: Yeah, he's trying. I think it's not that he's like he. I think he's a leader. I, I think it's just he's not shooting the ball. And there have been a bunch of things. Like this year's hard. I know. It's I hate to use the I know that the ever it's the excuse, you know, the covid excuse, but that hurts. I mean, that's a that's a big it's been a weird year and you had Rappel Ascivanascus opt out and I don't know if that totally kills like any chances of you having like a great team because I don't think he was all that no. good, but it, it 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 hurts your depth. Now you're relying on Tari to play a lot of the he's got to play some five and
0: but if you're going up-tempo, I think that's, that's something that you want. Tari's been right. a nice surprise. He, I think he's growing into he's his own. Well. He's played
1: well, for the most yeah. part. There's ups, there's downs, like with all freshmen, but I think Tari is flashed at times and but been really good.
0: Just because you're trying to implement an up-tempo system doesn't mean you just can completely abandon the defensive intricacies that have been within this program for the last 30 years. No doubt you can't do it, no doubt. I mean, the Bearcats won several games last year because of their defense, yeah, the Houston game. how they win that game. they got stop after stop after stop, defensively it's, excuse me, it'll
1: be interesting I mean they they're they're and they I understand why fans are a little hard on John Brandon so far It, it sure. hasn't looked like they have an identity they've been. I mean, they've been up and down. There have been great, you know. There have been a couple. There's been some good halves, and then there's been halves that make you want to break your TV. Um,
0: no, there've been plenty of those. But
1: it, it's, I think, patience. This is still, this is still a young team, and I think it was probably um, not, not as fair, not that, not fair to think this team was going to be a, you know, um a, you know, as good as maybe I thought. I thought they would be top three in this conference, and Maybe that was a little bit ambitious, but I thought they had enough. Seeing. Now that I'm seeing, you know, it's young. We're young, and I guess I didn't take into consideration we'd have, you know, the shuffling we've had with, and now realizing, you know, we've, we're have we down guys with injury. We've had injury problems, and Gabe Madsen's opted out. It's been a, cra- it's just been a crazy up and down, you yeah. know, you never know what you're you the next week you turn a stone and you never know what you're going to get. And it, it does feel like whack-a-mole, like you whack one problem out and then another one pops up. You know, you figure out you got... It's
0: COVID world for you.
1: And it's, it's. you hate to use that excuse, but I think you got to give it time. I think you got to be fair. You got to see this out. Like the, the issue, the biggest issue I have is there aren't any commits for this upcoming class. Which is concerning. It's not that they couldn't get one. They, they honestly, they probably will get one freshman commit, just who might decommit late, and they might be jump in on them at the end. And then, but, but I think uh, there'll be a bunch of transfers on the transfer portal. I mean, you think, and that's what they'll target. I mean, they have to, right? They, they'll have three or four scholarships open.
0: And they've done a pretty decent job for the most part. They've been hit or miss with the transfer. Yeah, I mean, they look,
1: they had to piece together something. I, I can't. I can't fault John too much because they had to, at the end of last year, or his for coming into his first year, he kind of had to just throw a roster to get, you know, he had to replace a bunch of guys because he had Logan Johnson and Nas Brooks and Sasemi and all those guys transferring out. So he had to, you know, he kind of really had to, you know, hit the heavy on the transfers and kind of piece something together and that kind of a, a expedited process getting like Jay Sarola and he brought in uh, Javen and Chris McNeil and... Chris vote, I think, was something, you know, he had continuity with Chris vote, and he was, Chris vote was developing in his sophomore year. At the end of his sophomore year, he's starting to play really well, and I think John saw that as an opportunity, like, yeah, maybe he's ready to take the step up, and we thought last year, in the beginning, he was, and then it's just been, I don't know what exactly, I can't even pinpoint it. He just hasn't been a factor. Like, he's not, I don't know if it's like, his confidence is shot or what it is, but he's not been much of a factor at all. You can't, I mean, we know how limited he is, but even last year at times we knew he was limited, but he was still, like, he. it felt like he was a guy they would be able to rely on to at the beginning of the year, like, well, steady the off. Like, if they needed, something, needed a bucket down low and he can get position, they're going to get that bucket. But now it's, like, he's lucky to get a you know if he
0: Stan Dockage who was talking about maybe his confidence wasn't there yeah I don't know what it is
1: but it is there it's you don't see that too often. or you just see a guy that just like goes from like being one of the better players and a guy that we thought is an all-league caliber guy at least second team maybe and he's just kind of like a non like you can barely play him 10 minutes a game right I mean you can play him 10 minutes maybe Yeah, it's disappointing. I mean, it is, but they're they're going to have to hit the transfer. They're going to have to hit the transfer portal hard. I think the the twenty 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 two class is going to be an important class for John. Um, And this, I think, this third year is important. Obviously, I want. I think you got to be. I mean, you'd like to get better towards the end of of this year. You'd like to improve. You'd like to see things with these younger guys, but. You want to take big steps next year, I think. You know, because, you know, your third year, I think, is a big year. You know, you want to show, like, you've made strides. And and you, you know, will... It's important.
0: Bearcats had two games postponed this week, last night against DCU, and then Saturday against Tulane. Uh, the Tulane game has been rescheduled for February 26th, mm-hmm. a Friday night. Um, ECU game has not yet been rescheduled. So... um. Moving on to the big part of the show today, Zach. I'm going to ask you one question, and your answer will dictate where we go first. What was the biggest story to come out of Wild Card Weekend?
1: It's got to be Cleveland, right?
0: All right, so we'll go there first. Um, The Cleveland Browns won a playoff game before the Bengals did in my lifetime. However, as salty as I might have been on Monday about that, I am, I, look, the Browns, I said it, I I have said this all season. They do a lot of fundamental things very, very well. They run the football, they protect their quarterback, they don't turn the ball over, and they keep the opposing team off the field.
1: Yeah, look, the Browns, they shocked me. I mean, it was... It was a it was shocking and it was a kind of a fun game to watch unfold because on one hand you know it was it looked like a blowout and a runaway and it was 28 nothing and you're like wow like this is shocking and you were not big fans of the Pittsburgh Steelers obviously you're not going to mistake me for a Steelers fan let's just say that so it wasn't, it, I wasn't upset about it, and then it just, like, it kind of turned to where the Steelers kind of crept back in the game, and you started to wonder, like, oh, no, this isn't going to happen, is it? Like, they're not going to blow this. And credit to them, they didn't. Um, I got to credit, like, I got to credit Baker. I thought I was, I've been critical of Baker. I didn't think he was, you know, he was the guy, but he's been really good for the most like this year especially like he's done his he's done his part he's been very good and for the browns to do it without a coach and with offensive linemen missing like props i mean they've had a they've had you know covid a lot of covid problems that week and for them to come in and make the statement they did they deserve credit i mean they they really do they deserve a lot of credit um they're, they looked like a well-coached team. Even without a coach, um, they played a, a phenomenal game. But like you said, I mean, when you can run the ball like that like that, and they have two offensive linemen, I think there are three all-pro offensive linemen or two. I, I know Betonio, Wyatt Teller, and Jack Conklin are like three of the best offensive linemen. They've been three of the best offensive linemen in football. So it help, when you can do that, and like you said, keep... You know, keep the other team off the field, that might be the key to beating Kansas City. If you can run the ball, have success in the in the run game, you can keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. I agree with you. I think we were talking before. Like, I, th- I don't think it's crazy that they, if they won.
0: Yeah, I mean, on they're, Sunday, they're 10, they're like 10 Sunday. or 10.5-point underdogs on That's Sunday. It's a lot of points. That is a lot of points. And Colin Coward has brought this up repeatedly all week. The Chiefs have not won a game by 10 or more points since week 8. Now, then again, it's playoff playoff time. Yeah, and and think about who the Chiefs have played. They played New Orleans three point game. They played Tampa Bay three point game. Two teams were playing this Sunday against each other. They played. Who else did the Chiefs play during that time? They played. They played Las Vegas on the road. Good offense. They played. um, I mean, they were resting their starters week seventeen. They played. They played at Miami. Miami was. Miami's good. Miami was a tough, competitive son of a gun. So. Baker Mayfield on Sunday, 30, uh, 21 of 34, 263 yards passing, three touchdowns, no picks, passer rating of 115.2. He was not sacked once um, in the game. Nick Chubb, 18 carries, 76 yards. Kareem Hunt, eight carries, 48 yards, two touchdowns. Chubb also had four receptions for 69 yards and a touchdown, including a 40-yarder. Um Look, I mean, the Browns, they were the better team. I'm happy for them. I'm happy for the fans, the city. Um, you mentioned, you know, who, who they did not have on Sunday. Kevin Stefanski, obviously, their head coach. Joe Batonio, their um, starting left guard. So, that, I mean, going into the game, I'm like, listen. They beat the Steelers by two, and the Steelers had several key players not playing in Week 17. They played better against a full-strength Steelers team. On Sunday, yeah. I mean, you think about and here's here's some of the numbers. The Steelers had no sacks, mm. no quarterback. Is QBH? I I, I almost mistaken this. Is 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 it QB hurries or QB hits? That's QBH. Uh, I think. Ooh, either way, I don't know about
1: QB. I don't know about QBH, but yeah, those are both stats. Either way, yeah, either e- way, e- either
0: way, they had none, and then they only had two tackles for loss. No. And here's a Steelers defense that was just suffocatingly good at times this year. And they just were, I mean, they they were systematically dominated by the Browns' offensive attack that was pretty well balanced, 127 rushing yards and 263 through the air, which isn't really balanced, but 31 rushing plays to 34 pass plays, yeah, that's balanced right there. Um, And then the Steelers, this was a point that Tony Buscelli, who was calling the game on Westwood 1 with Kevin Harlan. Um, he said that this is not your typical, st- he said this is not your father's Steelers team, that this is a Steelers team that doesn't run the football very well. They spread, they spread defenses out. And yeah, I mean, to, to his point, I mean, now a lot of big Ben and the off and the passing attack, their stats, I mean, big Ben threw the ball 68 times.
1: That's yeah. Once Juju's, you get down by that, man.
0: Yeah. But look at the numbers. Smith, Juju Smith-Schuster, 13 receptions, 157 yards and a touchdown. Deontay Johnson, 11 receptions, 117 yards. Eric Ebron, 7-for-62 and a touchdown. Uh, Chase Claypool, 5-for-59, who needs to shut his mouth, by the way, and two yeah. touchdowns. So, what you're looking at is, I mean, yeah, this is a Steelers team that did throw the ball exorbitant at an exorbitant amount on Sunday. I mean, 68 pass attempts. That's the record for most pass attempts in the game, and or at least a playoff Wait, game. it was? It's at least a playoff game. And then most completions, I believe that's also a record for a playoff game. 501 yards but a lot of that was due to the fact that they were trying to get back into the game which I I will give the Steelers credit they did it's just you look at the first half drive chart for the Steelers it was fumble interception punt interception punt interception then they scored a touchdown okay great but the Browns I mean they were touchdown 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 after two punts touchdown yeah they did punt three times in the third quarter but then They had a touchdown drive, a field goal drive, and then a field goal off interception. So the Browns capitalized off of um, Pittsburgh's mistakes.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, like you said, it was just once you once you find yourself in that big of a hole, it's just impossible to get out of. And honestly, starting from the get go, that snap over at Big Ben's head, it's just like God. I mean, that was like just like them starting that poorly. Um, and Pouncey he had a rough go, like he had a bad game, like really bad. And you wonder, like, is this the end of the Ste- like? Is this are the Steelers going to be? I don't want to say, like, is this the end of the Steelers? But Big Ben's potentially going to retire, or if not, he stinks. So it's like, good. He, that he, means the Bengals he, will be exactly. Beat him, I, I hope he doesn't retire. The O linemen you got some O linemen They're getting a little bit long in the tooth, like Pouncy. I know DeCastro is getting a little long in the tooth as well. Um, yeah, they have some good weapons, but um, it's it, you need the quarter. Like the quarterback's so important. They they've got to start thinking about it, right? I mean, they've got to at least just. Talk about going in the first round, not just like a oh yeah we'll take a like a Mason Rudolph level guy. No, they got to think about like first round. Do they need to start thinking about their future and a quarterback? I
0: think they have to because if you draft the quarterback, he's going to learn from a very good quarterback and Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, maybe not as far as you know being a total professional, but hey, <laughs> if you learn a thing or two about football from Big Ben, who you can say what you want about him, you can hate him all you want. Believe me, we do. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a Paul he's of going to the, he's going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, he's one of the he's one of the greatest statistical quarterbacks that this game has ever seen. Yeah, and he's one of the greatest competitors that this game has ever seen. Definitely. Um, so the Browns now go to play Kansas City on Sunday, and the Chiefs, of course, the reigning Super Bowl champions, fourteen and two. They were, I mean, they pract- despite the fact that they. Did not win a game after week eight by 10 or more points. They, I mean, they, they, it felt like they never lost. Um, Patrick Mahomes had another MVP caliber year. Tyreek Hill is an all pro wide receiver as well. He should be Travis Kelsey, all pro tight end. This is still a very good Chiefs team, and my concern would be for Cleveland because they also had no sacks, one tackle for loss, and four QBHs. Which is, yeah, I mean you have to be concerned about that when you go to face Kansas City.
1: Yeah, I mean that, that's the thing. It's like Kansas City's offense. Like, how can you stop them? And I don't know what the the diagnosis is on or what the is, if Denzel Ward is coming back, um, but they need him because their secondary did kind of get carved up a little bit um, at times. So they're going to need all hands on deck. Um, with that being said, though, I mean the way they played, like, if they're able to run the ball, like, and you can control the clock, like we've seen, Kansas City's played down to their competition at times. Now they've, at times, they've looked just dominant. Um, I, you know, Tyree Kill is just so explosive. We saw in that Buccaneers game. I mean, they jumped out to such a big lead, but then you know, it looked like they kind of maybe took their foot off the gas, or um, you know, that was a close game. But, but. um how how can they stop this offense? Well, Alex, they need to. I think the best way to stop the Chiefs' offense is not letting them on the field because they're almost. It feels like they're going to get theirs. They're going to get their twenty-eight or they're going to get their twenty, you know, whatever points—twenty-eight, thirty points. But how do you? Um, you know, I think they're vulnerable defensively. I think their defense is okay, but I think it's. I think you can. I think you could. We say that we've said that at times with the Chiefs. They played well defensively for the most part last year. During, I guess, not in the beginning of the Texans mm-hmm. game last year in the playoffs, but um, I think that's something you exploit. Like you've got to, it's it's ball control. Ball control is huge. Um, you can't turn the ball over, and I think you've got to control the clock. That's the biggest. That's the way you beat the Chiefs because the Chiefs, at the end of the day, look, they're probably going to score. Like let's be honest, like they're probably going to get points. Like, you have to accept, like, you're you're not going to shut them down, really. I mean, you can try. You can try to maybe make it a little tougher, but they're going to, I mean, they're going to rack up points. It's just, can you limit their possessions? I think that is a big, a big key to to beating Kansas City.
0: You can say limit their possessions, but the problem with Kansas City is they're so explosive they can strike it any minute Tyree I mean Kel, yeah I mean I haven't looked I am thinking about this and I don't know the exact stats from the game last year between Kansas City and the Texans in the playoffs but I mean the Texans got out to such a big lead but the problem was Kansas City didn't really hadn't really gotten going yet and once they did and they kept getting I know the yeah. Texans had a fumble kickoff they went four on fourth down in, in their own territory that's why Bill believe Brian maybe isn't there anymore um <laughs> And then once they and once they got possessions and good field position and that offense got rolling, they Houston had no chance. I'm yeah. sorry. I mean, they went from being up 24 to down 20 in practically snap of a finger. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it is incredibly incredibly difficult to beat Kansas City. And I hate to say it, the only way you're going to do it potentially, and this is something that Las Vegas did earlier this year, you're just going to have to outscore them. That's how you beat Kansas City. You have to outscore them.
1: Yep. Got into that shootout kind of style.
0: And think about Tuzak, like last year, Kansas City lost how many games? Four. Houston somehow beat them. Mahomes was hurt though in that game, but they did outscore them. Indianapolis did a great job limiting their offense. Um Green Bay and Green Bay, I guess they outscored them, and Matt Moore didn't have a bad game. Tennessee outscored them. That's what you have to do. Like the Times New England has beaten them, they outscored them. When the Rams and Seahawks beat them, they outscored them. That's how you beat this that's how you beat this team.
1: I think it's yeah, I mean that the Raiders I think you bring up the Raiders had a had a great blueprint it felt like. They were like I mean, but credit to them cuz they were um, fanta- Derek Carr played a fantastic game, and that, I think you're right. I think they need something like that from Baker. Like if he can play a game similar to that, um, you know,
0: and, I, and I don't know if he can.
1: I don't know if he can either. But it—that's the thing. Like you, I think that's it. You know, ball control. You got to outscore him. Obviously, it's football. You know, you can't score more points than the other. Te- you can't score less points than the other team and still win. It's a little Trent Dilfer for, for you, but. It's it's going to be fascinating. I'm fascinated to see how what the Browns response is. Um, but I have a feeling it's going to be a close game, Alex. I don't think this is just roll the footballs out and the Chiefs are just going to win by 50. Like I don't think I no, don't see I think, that.
0: I don't think it will be that either. I
1: I don't I, I don't think uh I don't think this is some blowout. I think the the Chiefs have looked vulnerable at times this year. They've played poorly, I would say. Multiple times. I mean, they had some poor games. The Atlanta game was
0: the Atlanta, was game, the Atlanta, was Atlanta was bad. game was horrible. They won against
1: Denver that they kinda of stunk in, maybe. Denver
0: always I feel like Denver you
1: know. well they've beaten Denver a bunch in a row, but I, I can't remember if one of those games I feel
0: like those games, even when Kansas City blows them out, they're not very explosive offensively. They they just take advantage of bad offensive play from Denver. Alright, so uh score predictions for Sunday. Browns Chiefs three oh five on CBS from, of course, Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Zach?
1: I think, look, I think Cleveland, I credit them. Um, I think that it was a, a very nice story for them to uh, beat Pittsburgh, um, get that win, good for their fans. But I just think Kansas City at the end of the day is too tough. Thinking about it, I would I would probably take the, the spread for me is hard. I would say, like, 34 24 I think it's somewhat okay. close. it might be a push. I think it's close. Uh, I think the Browns will hang around, but the chiefs uh, just I'm not going to pick them to I'm not going to pick the Browns to beat the chiefs.
0: I think the Browns have shown that and another thing too about this game is this could be a potential changing of the guard in the AFC North. I think we're now seeing that the two best teams in our division are Cleveland and Baltimore. Potentially, and that was a classic Monday night game those two teams played earlier this season. And you think about how far the Browns have come. You lose to the Ravens 38-6, to and then the Steelers 38-7. to And then the second time around, you face those two teams, you, you come this close to beating the Ravens. And you beat the Steelers without their some of their starters, and then beat them again on the road in the playoffs. I mean, Cleveland has made an immense amount of progress this season. I think this is going to be a very competitive game. I think this is going to be a very fun game. But there's one player who I ha- the Browns maybe haven't missed all season, but they could miss him as far as a stretch-the-field guy on Sunday. And you know who I'm talking about? Odell. Yep. Yeah. This is a game that requires – if you want to keep up with Kansas City, you need that vertical threat, and that's, what o- and that's who Odell is. Guess what? As great as Landry is, and Hooper, Chubb, Hunt, Rashard Higgins, and if you can piece what they can do together, you can come close, but you're not beating Kansas City. I think the Chiefs win this game. It's going to be incredibly high-scoring. Defense is going to be out the window, um, if there is going to be such a thing as that in this game. I think the Chiefs win this game 45-34. to 34.
1: Woo! A lot of points. Lot,
0: it's going to be a lot of points. I
1: agree. I think it'll be more... I think it could be... Yeah. It could get a high-scoring affair.
0: All right, so we got about 10 minutes, 9 minutes, 8 and a half minutes, whatever, left on this first segment. So we're gonna to go to the other big storyline from this week that came out of the playoffs. And that would be Zach, remember I think he might have been back in March of 2019. What 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 were your thoughts on Lamar Jackson?
1: Not didn't think highly of him.
0: And what what, what did I say in response to that?
1: You think he's really good.
0: I didn't think he was really good, but I didn't say that, but I did say he was gonna make it in this league.
1: You're right. You made it. He Peter made it. King
0: brought up a great point on Colin Coward's show on Tuesday. He said, and he and he, compa- he kind of um, he, he used an example with RG three. Now, why am I bringing RG three into this? Well, RG three, he tried to become a pocket passer, which at that point in time maybe was the right thing for him to attempt to do. But he, Peter King says that RG three should have stayed who he was as a dual threat quarterback. It's just. The Washington football team then called, you know, what they were called back then. um, They did not surround him with the talent necessary and didn't go all in on him in order for him to become the quarterback that he was coming out of Baylor. You look at what the Ravens have done. They've given Lamar Jackson whatever he's needed. I mean, that's what you do when you have a franchise quarterback. You give him everything possible for him to succeed. And Lamar Jackson has done that. You realize in on Sunday, Lamar Jackson, his numbers against Tennessee, 17 of 24 for 179 yards, didn't throw a touchdown. Yeah, he also threw an interception. He was sacked five times somehow. Uh, Rushing-wise, 16 carries, 136 yards, and one touchdown. So he accounted for 315 yards. Is that right? Yeah, 315 yards. The Ravens as a team... Accounted for four hundred one yards, Zach Lamar Jackson. I mean, and we want to talk about has he changed the narrative? I, I think you have to say he has. now that he's yeah. won a playoff game.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think Lamar. Look, I, I was wrong about that last year. I think I admitted, like, yeah, he. I mean, he won an MVP, so he, you know he's got to be pretty good. Um, I think he, yeah, he's definitely taken the step to where you know I think guys, you know, we we have to back off with the criticism. If we're going to criticize Lamar at times, we have to step back and realize like, all right, look what he's done. Um, And he's been great. Um, You're right. I think letting him be comfortable and, and you know, letting him, not letting him be something he's, you know, not forcing him to be, something he's not. Just letting him be kind of like, I feel like he's really good when a play breaks down and he can just kind of improvise and he can kind of do his thing. I mean, we I think we've seen touchdown runs kind of out of that, like a play doesn't work. And that's the beauty of Evan Lamar. Like he's that good when a play breaks down, he can, I mean, his athleticism, his speed, um, and he's one of the best athletes to play quarterback, I think, in the NFL. So it, it's I was wrong. I don't think he's an elite passer, but I don't think he, I guess he doesn't have to be. Like no. If he, he, if he if he's that good with his legs and the only thing you worry about him with is injury. You know, you're exposing yourself to more risk with with injuries. But and I think that's why maybe teams were that's why you're a little hesitant. Maybe that's why RG three was you know trying to become more the pocket passer because I feel like there was always like the concern like oh he's going to get injured.
0: Um, Which maybe the the AC, maybe that was yeah it did maybe mess with him a little bit but you also have to remember the Ravens have a plethora of running backs whether it's J K Dobbins Gus Edwards Justice Hill Mark Ingram whoever it may be so it it doesn't have to be Lamar. Running the ball all the time. And think about this, Zach. Like you mentioned, he's not hes not a great passer. And I agree with you. He's not a great passer. He's not a Mahomes. He's not a Rodgers. He's right. not a Brady or a Breeze. But he
1: doesn't wh- have to be.
0: Whomever. No, he does not have to be. Because Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown, they are that Ravens passing game. Yeah. And, I mean, he, he occasionally will hit. I mean, he hit he a beautiful deep ball to Marquise Brown. Uh, I forget what drive that was. I might have it in the key plays. Um, I don't actually. Um... But he did have, several, but he did have a, a a nice pass to Brown over the top on one of their drives. Um, the the pass to Mark Andrews on their first scoring drive. They were down ten nothing. They're facing third and seven on the last play of the first quarter. If they don't get that play. That game might go differently because the Titans got off to such a good start, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, here we go again. And then Jackson hits Andrews for 17 yards, rolling to his right, throws it. And Andrews is right there. That's a tight end, by the way. Um, there were so many critical plays that Lamar Jackson made in this game. 23-yard run on third and two early in the third quarter. He had a nine-yard pass to Ricard on third and two early in the third quarter. And then, of course, the 33-yard run. So Lamar, he doesn't... I mean, yeah, if you're, you might be exposing yourself to injury, but at the same time, he's very selective when he wants to break those big runs because they have a plethora of running backs that they can run out in opposing defense, and it doesn't hurt when you have Mark Andrews, who's one of the best tight ends in the game, Marquise Brown, who is maybe one of the best deep threats that no one talks about, and then Patrick Ricard, who's this sneaky good weapon as a fullback. They have weapons in this offense.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're right. Look, I think that's the thing with Baltimore is, I think I've, I have said they weren't going to make the playoffs in like week 12 or something, or they were in danger.
0: And then well, Lamar got well, back to who Lamar was. Right,
1: little did I know. I mean, they, they did have an easy schedule at the end, which helped them. But, um, you know, I, I got to credit where credit is due. You don't want to play Baltimore right now, I can assure you. No. This is why – This is, for all the reasons you've said are reasons why, you know, you don't want to face Baltimore in the playoffs. I feel like we've been saying that God, the last three, four weeks. We've been saying, like, that's the team you don't want in the playoffs. And I'm sure – look, I'm sure Buffalo is – like, it's great. They won a playoff game too, but they're a little – I think they're a little anxious because this is a, a Baltimore team that's scary. I mean, they they could get they could get to the Super Bowl. They could. I mean, they're they it's not that are good. It's, they're they're that good. And now I think that Lamar has that kind of monkey off his back, like the the playoff thing. Like everyone's like, oh, but he hasn't been good in the playoffs. Now that he kind of got that win, that win under his belt, I think that that could be big for um, now. That's not in his head. Maybe now he can just kind of. And he, and he did it in that first playoff game. He could maybe, it would not shock me if Baltimore's in the, I, I told this to one of my friends and he, you know, I said, look, Baltimore. Is that Elliot? No, it was Cole I told, I said. <laughs> I said, look, Baltimore is a team nobody wants to play. Like no one wants Baltimore. And he's like, yeah, but the the Bills, they they won't beat the Colts or the Bills or the whatever. Well, the they beat tight- the Colts
0: earlier this year. I no,
1: it was something like, nah, they won't they they won't beat the Bills or the Chiefs. I'm like, okay, I think it, look, I think it's gonna be, uh, look, I I think the Bills are gonna have their hands full. They're really they're gonna have their hands full. It's it's gonna be a tight game again. I I think it's gonna be. I think it's got the chance. I think it might be the game of the weekend.
0: Coming up on segment two, we will get to that. The Ravens are scary right now, and the Bills got scared on Saturday by the Colts. Honestly, the Bills could have lost that game, and maybe they should yeah. have. Um, more on what the Ravens did to Tennessee and Derrick Henry in segment two, but the Ravens at the Bills, Saturday night, NBC eight fifteen 15 from Buffalo. That's going to be, I mean, that has... Oh, well, yeah. I can't I, I, I cannot wait to watch that game. Two of the NFL's best young quarterbacks, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. That coming up in segment two of Sports Any Way You Want It.